Welcome to Motherhood on Tap, the podcast for mamas who laugh their way through the struggles of parenting. I'm Sarah Duncan. And I'm Pamela walker Dees. We're back. We're back to recording. Yeah, so I, I, you listening won't have knows much of a difference, but... I've been taking a few weeks of maternity leave from recording, and so this is our first time back recording since December. Because yeah, a little man arrived. Uh-huh. Riley Theodore is here. Yay! And he is adorable, and much like his sister, the impressive head of hair. Yes. A big, thick, dark, dark head of hair and beautiful blue eyes, and he is currently strapped to my chest as we are recording. And starting to nod off. Good 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 baby. So we have plenty to catch up on, but I'm super excited because I can drink again! Score! And I'm not alone anymore! So I know I normally ask Pamela what we're drinking, but I provided the libations this time. Oh, she texted me and she had like a list in the text and I was like, yes! We have options. We have liftoff. We are starting off with some delicious... Uh, salted caramel crown royal. It smells amazing. And I, I have to tell you guys, you know, I'm usually like half tipsy when we get started. I have waited because I want to taste this as been, we record. I've been wanting to drink it so bad. A friend of mine introduced uh, my husband and I to this back in November. And we like hunted all over the area trying to find it. And we finally found it a few weeks ago. And so we bought not one, but two bottles of it. Whoa. And demolished one of them with our relatives over Christmas. So, all right, I'll all let right. you taste it. Cheers. Cheers, Chink. Take a slight sip. Oh my God, that's delicious. Isn't it? And it is really smooth. You don't really need anything with it. No, we just have a little bit of ice in ours because with a little bit of chill, it is fantastic. But I will say, this would be good like with apple cider, like you said you did, or apple juice. I was telling telling Pamela that I mixed it with some hot apple cider over Christmas, and it literally tasted like a drunken caramel apple. You know what? It would be good. Fantastic. What? Hot chocolate. Ooh. And have like a salted caramel, especially if you could find a dark hot chocolate. I said that would be an in- interesting combo, but I'm totally open to experimenting with this. Oh, why not, right? I Ooh, am down. I feel the burn. Maybe this will kill like the rest of the infection that I've been fighting. Exactly. Oh, and we'll probably <laughs> announce this when we get to this point, but I also have a nice big mason jar of apple cider, or not sorry, of apple pie moonshine. Yeah. It's got a and massive that, cinnamon stick in the and middle. And this stuff is dangerous because unlike typical moonshine, which you taste and feel the burn from the very beginning, this you don't immediately taste the alcohol. Uh-oh. So, yeah, you can get messed up on this real quick without even meaning to. So we will... It have, looks good. We'll have a little taste of that in a little while after we have this. So I'm so excited. I'm going to cheers one more time. Cheers! cheers. Tink! Oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, because it's like a little bit of a burn, but then there's like the salt and then the caramel and yeah, and I'm I can kind of take or leave crown normally. Yeah, me too. But this is just oh, you know what? Magical. You know what? I tried over the holiday uh, during our little break on a date night. It was crown apple. Ooh. And I had it in, the lady was like, well, they, some people put it in club soda, some people put it in like a Sprite, some uh-huh. people put it in a Seagram's, and I said, put it in a Sprite, and she, she brought it to me, and I was like, this chunk is good. That sounds So fantastic. I drank that, and then they had some 
you know, the spiked seltzer water on mm-hmm. tap. And I was like, well, I've never had it on tap before. And it yeah. tasted good. Here's the thing. When it's, so it's, it's seltzer water and then it's fermented. So think about that. Your body absorbs water a lot faster than it does anything else. Correct. Oh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> so you go downhill or I go downhill very fast. I'm trying to like stand up at the bar and I'm like, I gotta go to the bathroom. And Mark's like, are you going to be okay? I'm like, I think I'm a little drunk now. That's one of those trips to the bathroom when you're just going from object to object, holding yourself up the whole time, like on an airplane. Yeah. And I have a friend that's, um, she bartends on the side and she had told me to stay away from it because she was like, you can get drunk fast. So she's like, either have a full stomach or have like, like regular water to chase it with. Uh And I didn't. And I told her, I was like, I was so hungover the next day. I had such a mess. I mean, it was Sunday, but still I had a massive headache. Do we have crap in the internet? Yes! So I have been keeping a list, and I have not been very good as of late, but I've had a couple in the bank for a little while that I wanted to share. Do tell. So for our love or hate of HGTV, yes, you know, we're coming up on the Dream Home sweepstakes mm-hmm. again. You know, have you ever, like, thought that if people would keep it? Are they ever, like, if you were to ever win, do you think you would be able to afford to keep it? I've thought about that because, you know, they, they give you a certain cash prize along with it, too. So in my mind, I'm like, all right, I would just use that to pay off a certain amount of whatever the taxes and stuff like that. So um, I don't know. Well, from what it depends. this article says, you either get the home or you get the cash. Oh, it's an either or. Yeah. Um, but in reality, most of them don't keep the house. And one person, one winner even went bankrupt. See, um, see, the not keeping the house part doesn't surprise me just because, just from a logistics point of view, the houses are all over the country. So the odds that the winner is going to be someone who yeah. lives close by and can actually, you know, yeah. move into it and use it just is pretty low. Yeah. And then you add the money on top of that. I mean, I would have loved to win the beach house they did down at one of the North Carolina beaches because uh-huh. it's just like, well, that could be maybe feasible, but yeah, you could like, rent it out. Yeah. And I think there was one in Asheville yeah. a few years ago. Yeah. I think that was the one that was like this, like the smart house. Like it was a yeah. dream house, but smart house yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. That sounds right. Well, I'm going to give a little backstory. So, the contest was first launched in 1997. So, if you feel like that's old, I do. Um, That means it's over 20 years old. Mm Mm-hmm. That show, that contest can drink. (laughs) Just like us. Yes. But many of the winners have had one thing in common. Instead of retiring to them, they have given up the houses, as I said. Mm Mm-hmm. So... A lot of people think on these game shows and stuff that these large ticket items are just fabulous. Like, I want a new car. But mm-hmm. the thing that you don't understand is you have to pay the taxes on it. Yes. Because it's considered income. Yep. I want prizes that are valued at $9,999. Because I believe if it's still like it was when I took my civics class <laughs> years ago, that... <laughs> Ten thousand dollars is what is the threshold, the threshold. For, for where the gift tax kicks in. Yeah. Okay. So if my husband wants to buy like or win a nine thousand dollar boat, we're good. Yes. 
Unless it has changed, which it's been her years, so it might have. Gotcha. Well, one winner, her name is Lauren Martin. Um, she was speaking to Country Living, and she won in 2014 um, the lake house that was in Lake Tahoe. I think I remember that and one. And she wanted to live in the home, but she couldn't make it work. Mm-hmm. Out of... Um, the 21 people who have won the dream home up until 2018, so this does not include the recent one, mm-hmm. um, only six have lived in the house more than a year. Others took the cash alternative or sold the home back to the developers in under a year. Gotcha. It also can cost a lot of money. It's not just the taxes. It's also utilities and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the winners said it was actually going to be around a million dollars just to keep up the home. Utilities, taxes, because you also wow. have to think about you. Pay, I'm staring at her with giant eyes right now. I mean, if you think about it, yeah, you pay the taxes for when you win the prize, but then you still like depending on your state and city, mm-hmm. the your property taxes and that sort of thing that that could be yearly. Yeah, that shows how sheltered I am because I, I think of like okay, property taxes. I'm sure it's a sizable chunk, but I don't think of it as something that I mean, it depends on the area. And if it's also like relatively huge to clean and whatnot yeah i don't know if the person who wrote the article you're looking at thought about this but i'm curious now that you know the whole airbnb market is really exploding Mm -hmm. depending on where it is if it's somewhere you know like aspen or a city that people usually use for you know touristy reasons i wonder if it would be easier to hang on to the property if you could turn into an airbnb because if it's that nice then you could charge a, a good amount for it you could even advertise it as this is you know the hgtv dream home but i think there might be a contract saying that you can't do that for a certain number of years so that's probably why they sell it sell yeah. the house back to because and I, yeah, the only way clauses for everything the only reason i think think of that was i remember seeing an article about chip and goat joanna Gaines mm-hmm. and one of their houses that they did what's the name of their show again Fixer Upper? That's it, Fixer Upper. The one, I don't know if you've seen this one, is where they took the old barn and turned yes. it into a house. The that barn ended up, The barn dominium actually got, was found on like some Airbnbs and mm-hmm. things like that. And it was like a violation of the contract that mm. they weren't supposed to rent it out after until a certain period of time. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't read the whole thing as to why the owners were doing that. Like maybe they fell on hard times. I don't know. But anyway, mm-hmm. that's what made me think. That might be the reason why they don't. Um, Don Cruz was a winner in 2005. He only lived in that house for two years before it went into foreclosure. He estimated his tax liability to close was $800,000. And then he told reporters that uh, that by the time he was forced to give up the house, he was $1.4 million in debt. Hmm. But most people say that... Um, it was still a life changing experience, and they wouldn't they wouldn't trade it. Yeah, that's like they're happy that they that they won it, mm-hmm. and they went through the experience. But they're sad they couldn't keep it. But a part of me is like, twenty years this is going on, and they still have that contest, and it's still super popular. Why? It, it's aspirational, and it's something where you know. I mean, we're stopping and thinking about all the nitty gritty behind the scenes practicalities. But how many people think of that when they? That's true. Because when it pops up on the screen, you see that fine print just rolling. This is the fine print that I'm reading about. (laughs) And plus, I don't know if they've always done this or if they just started doing it in the last few years. But now they actually tend to have 
episodes where they show you yes. how they're producing. So I'm sure they make oh, a they lot definitely. of money off of the sponsors and stuff like that. So oh, there, yeah. there are a lot of reasons for them to keep doing this. Oh, yeah. I've seen a lot of the making the dream home or, mm-hmm. you know, building it or whatever. Okay. So that's one. Number two, I know Sarah's not a dog person, but I found this interesting. Okay. You know how, like, you say human years versus dog years yeah. kind of thing? Well, now, and then people usually say, like, it's seven-year formula. Like, mm-hmm. Well, actually, now that um, some scientists have figured out a way to more accurately convert human years and dog years. Oh, cool. Um, the re- okay, so how, I'm going to explain how they got there first. So it's based on, on an average lifespan of, like, 10 and 70 years for dogs and people, respectively. So mm-hmm. 70 for people, 10 for dogs. Is then that's where we came up with the seven year, seven human years or mm-hmm. whatever. Well, now scientists actually took DNA. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just as I'm looking through it, I'm like, I should have read this a lot more better because this is a lot more better. A lot oh. more better. Oh, girl. How's that crown treating you? It's treating me nice. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling real warm and real mellow right now. I am. I'm getting pretty mellow. Um, so what they found is uh, chemical modifications to a person's DNA over a lifetime create what's known as an epigenetic clock. Okay. Um, so they built a case where they took the specific DNA sequences, tracked the human biological age, and that includes any sort of disease, poor lifestyle, genetics, blah, 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 blah. Um, some groups converted that to an age estimate. I'm flubbing this. <laughs> okay, so here we go. With dogs, what they have found is very similar to, like, monkeys and a few other types of animals where they, f- they follow the same development trajectory. Mm-hmm. They reach puberty around 10 months. Dude, that's early. And the end of life is usually around 20. Mm-hmm. Okay? So there's your cycle. And then they focused on one single breed at this time to figure out this calculation, which was Labrador Retrievers. Mm-hmm. And so they took genomes of 104 dogs that ranged in age of four weeks to 16 years of age and analyzed those genomes. And they broke it down to this certain thing they call methylite. You know, I'm not a scientist. So basically, the formula is. Um, you could do it. I believe in you. Hush. So you take the age. Of the dog or the human? The dog. So you take the dog, like the what, uh, shit. The chronological year's age of the dog. It says, okay, (laughs) canine's human age roughly equals 16 dog, like dog years plus 31. Um, So that's basically, you take the real dog's age, multiply it by 16, Mm -hmm. and then you add 31 to the total. That's a lot to read through. See, that's not so hard. Hush, I'm not good at word problems. I'm guessing they didn't have any nice bullet points for you. No, they did not. Jerks. I found, okay, so I pulled it up, the actual dog. So I say that my mom and dad's dog is, she'll be turning five this year. Uh Uh-huh. So if my dog was a human based on this new algorithm, or my parents' dog, she would be 56.8 years old. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I trust this study. Why did I read this? We're just shooting the shit tonight, so. We are, and I'm breaking into the moonshine, so things are going to get interesting. Did you finish the caramel already? I did. Okay, well, I'm about to finish it. I finished so. it while you were working on math. I should have known which better. Is hard. 
that's my craps. They might not be great, but I'm rusty. Let's sip our beverages. So, you want to kick it off, lady? Yeah, we are having another one of our fabulous Shoot the Shit episodes. And the shit that we will be shooting this time, so to speak, <laughs> is how ba- how and when baby Riley was born. Yes, to tell. It already feels like it was about 5,000 years ago. And yet, I don't feel like it was that, far, that long ago. No, it's gone by really quickly. And also, in the spirit... In, it's totally true of, you know, all the jokes about, you know, the first kid versus the second kid. I had, like, every little detail about Daisy, like, written down, like, and gilded in some kind of artistic fashion. I could rattle off all the numbers, like, you know, height, weight, what time she was born, all these kinds of things. I've already, with him, I'm sorry to be like, yeah, I think he was born on that day. Maybe it was morning. I think he was, I don't know. <laughs> It's just all a blur. But He's no. here. He's here. <laughs> Check. So, oh, before I go into the story, one of my favorite funny moments from the whole process was, uh, so for both babies, right after they were born, the first thing I ate was some kind of Pop-Tart. Just because, you know, you're super hungry. We brought some with us. And I'm like, just give me something to eat. And, you know, Pop-Tart sounded fantastic at that point. God, I would have loved that instead of my half cold jello shot. The nurses were like, it's 1 a.m. Here's Jello. The cafeteria is closed. This is all we could ground up for you. Do you need a spoon? I was like, no, I got it. <laughs> Go ahead, pop tart. Sad little tart. Sad little Jell. So with him, um, you know how you know they when they're born, they try to put them on your chest as quickly as they can. So he was sitting there on his chest, and he started nursing, and I'm sitting there eating. And, you know, pop tarts are always they always get crumbs everywhere. Yeah, and I was eating some kind of chocolate or cookies and cream, but it had like the dark brown crumbs mm-hmm. on it. And so I kept playing a fun game because they would kind of dribble onto him, and so I'd pick a little speck off of him, and we played a game of crumb or afterbirth. <laughs> Ew! We did not eat them, but it was just like because he still had those little like dark speckles of like afterbirth that yeah. didn't all get wiped off, and so it was just like. Yeah, because they don't bathe them right away mm-hmm. in the beginning, which it's weird because my first two, they were bathed, but that's because they had merconium. But Brianna mm-hmm. coming a little bit earlier, she didn't have merconium. So she went a couple of days without the bath. And mm-hmm. I remember my mom holding her. And my mom's like, she's kind of smelly. I'm like, well, she hasn't been bathed yet. And she's like, why haven't they bathed her? Like, she still has uterus juice on her. Oh, I would not dare say that to my mother. <laughs> she would have been like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> See, now I'm the one that would just come along and like try to poke every button whatsoever because I don't have to deal with the fallout. <laughs> yes, yeah, Sarah, that's why you didn't come to the hospital. That's why Sarah's a bitch. <laughs> so, um, so, shall I start at the beginning-ish? I mean, yeah. I mean, I know, I know, I know some of the story. So when a man and woman love each other very much, (laughs) no. So, well, I know. I got an idea. Why don't you tell Sabrina that? Well, I'm gonna have you. Oh, so would you would you like to tell that story to the listeners, or should I? Do you want to go into the birth story first, or you want me to share that story? Uh, Go ahead and tell the Sabrina story because this was fantastic. So I brought Sabrina over. I don't remember how old Riley was. A couple of days. They were out of school. It was when um, 
out of school through the first week of January. Yeah, so he was like three or four weeks old, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And she wanted to see him, so I was like, let's pop over and, you know, you can hold him for a little bit. And so she did. Well, as I have said, my daughters have all been bottle fed. I, I can't produce milk. So that's all they've known. They see the formula. Like, they they always are like, mix up baby's milk. Like, that's what they're used to. And Sabrina has seen women breastfeed, but she's only, I've kept it very high level. Mm-hmm. Well, Riley got hungry, and so Sarah started feeding him. And she's like, where's his bottle? Why are you feeding him like that? And Pamela are, are like, well... <laughs> Well, that's exciting. Sometimes the milk comes out of the mommy, and they just eat that. I know. And I said, well, mommy, mommy's body didn't make the milk. And then apparently while I was in the bathroom, Sabrina was saying something of, like, I wish my mom had breastfed me now. And I'm like, oh, uh, glad I didn't hear that. I would have like, felt super guilty. Like, girl, shut your face. You don't even know. You and think you know, but you don't know. So <laughs> there was lots of uh, questioning about the breastfeeding, and then... Somehow we brought up your sister. I was, I was showing pictures of my nephew. Your nephew. And, and I happened to mention him and his two mommies. And, and his two mommies. <laughs> and it, the two mommies part really got her attention. <laughs> I said, what now? <laughs> She's like, what do, you, what do you mean two mommies? How can he have two mommies? What's up with that? Now, let me say, we are a very open-minded family. We don't like just, I think my husband and I just have this m- mindset of like, if they have a question, they can ask us, but yeah. we're not, like, speaking ill of anybody or anything like that. I just want to say... Same. It's just not something that she has physically seen before. Right. So she starts asking, and, and I'm sitting there going, do I talk about it? But it's Sarah's sister, so I feel like I needed to shut up and let Sarah do it. And, and it's funny, because I feel like Pamela and I were trying to have a, a telepathic conversation with each other, <laughs> or she was like... Sarah, is this okay? I hope this isn't offensive. And I'm just like, is this okay if I talk to her? I hope I'm not like giving her way too much information. It was just and then I text, fantastic. I texted her later. I was like, I didn't know like how to approach that. And then so like we were sort of tag teaming about it. Yeah. And I think we got to the point where Sabrina was like, okay, like I get it, but I don't get it. Uh-huh. And then when we left... She continued to ask me questions about how your nephew could have two mommies. And I kept being like, what about breastfeeding? You want to go back to breastfeeding? No. And then she was like, well, wait, how can that work? And so I was like, so she asked me like one other question about like, so you, your body didn't make the milk. And I said, no. So that's why you got, you get the canned milk. And I said, yes. And then she said, so does every mommy do do it like Sarah does? And I said, no, not every mommy can't. Some mommies are like me. And she said, oh, okay. And then it was like totally acceptable. And then she's like, now let's get back. And she even said that. She's like, now let's get back to the other topic. <laughs> now let's get back to the two mommies. But she was very, she was very courteous about it. Like she was very like interest. Like that's what I love about my daughter is she's very open-minded. She's like, so there's two mommies. A daddy is there somewhere, but he's not there. That was the tricky part is because, you know, it's like, okay, without te- getting into the whole biological, how, how do you, how, how you physically happened. make a baby part? How do you explain how two mommies are able to create a baby and one mommy carries and the other one doesn't and is genetically related to one and not the other? It was like, okay, trying to figure out what's enough information without giving a whole, opening up 50 other cans of worms in the process. And so in the car, we move from that to how can two women, how can two girls get married? And I said, because the law says so. 
And she said, does that mean two boys can get married? I said, yes, the law says so, because mm-hmm. love is love. And Yes. And she's like, but, but, and they get married because they love each other. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. And she just was like, okay. But I think it was more of the hang-up of the biological sense of like, mm-hmm. but I know that there needs to be a mom and a dad of some, like mm-hmm. a male and a female of some sort to have the baby there. So that, yeah. that she hung up on that for a little bit, but then she finally let it go. But it was hilarious. And again, it's like she just she doesn't know anyone in her real life to like have that example in her mind. So it's like, OK, I'm trying to wrap my brain around this. Yeah, she doesn't have anybody directly. So I just hope that they so that know that was a very fun conversation. You just, you just have to like tell your sister and her wife that she is a very curious and inquisitive little girl and there is like no judgment in any of those that's, questions that's the thing uh, i always get when i'm talking to sabrina is it really is it's just pure <laughs> unadulterated curiosity like she's not judging anything she's just i genuinely want to know like how does that work how does this work i'm like yeah. you are amazing why can't everyone be like you i know and she's like i wanted to like she wanted to know like how the milk comes out of the body and i'm like ah, mommy's not very comfortable talking about that right now <laughs> Just imagine what other fun, fun conversations are going to come up over the next five to ten years. Oh, gosh. Oh, 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 did I tell you what she did when we got home, though? When no. Mark came home with her sisters? So she runs up and she's like, Daddy, Daddy, Sarah's nephew has two mommies. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, I know. Isn't that, that's cool, isn't it? And she's like, yeah, I didn't know that could happen. I just think it's cool. And then Aww. she just like ran off and I was like. I looked at him and I was like, good job. All right, now I'm hitting this, the apple moonshine. Apple pie moonshine. God, it smells good. It does. I love apples, so this is going to be bad. This comes to us courtesy of some uh, hookups from uh, Harnett County. Oh, that is good stuff. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, you're right. Yeah. This doesn't you, beat you on your butt, right, yeah, instantly. It, it really does just taste like a little bit of tangy apple cider. Okay, so, so back to the baby arriving. at the baby. So the funny thing with him is his due date was actually the 13th of December, which happened to be Friday the 13th. And I made this joke my entire pregnancy to quote Michael Scott from The Office. I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. <laughs> so I was thinking the whole time, the whole pregnancy, I was thinking, you know, if he's born on Friday the 13th, that's fine, but I would not be disappointed if it worked out that he was not. Just because, you know, when you're nervous and stressed out, that's just one more thing to have in the back of your mind mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so a couple of weeks before my due date, I was at my doctor's appointment and my doctor was like, hey, so have they talked to you about inducing? And I was like, no, not yet, but I figured we'll do what we did with last time with Daisy where we'll schedule an induction date just to have it on the books for a few days after the due date mm-hmm. in case, you know, he's running late. He's like... No, I mean, you can, like, schedule him to be induced as early as week 39. I'm like, as if to say what now? (laughs) I did not know this was an option. (laughs) This is an option? What? I do not need to be tortured. So I I went home and I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? We we have a toddler at home. It would probably be – nothing else, it's logistically easier if we know when we're going into the hospital, when she needs to be picked up by her grandparents. And also, it's not just, like, sitting around waiting for this ticking time bomb kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, went in um, Monday of that week in the evening, and they put the little 
little inflatable balloon up my hoo-ha to start the dilating. I called it the party in my uterus. And (laughs) are you shocked at all? No. Party up in there. (laughs) And then the next morning, they came in at 5 a.m. to start um, uh, the Pitocin, which is what gets the contractions started. And they were like, yeah, probably earliest he'll be here will be like early afternoon, maybe mid-afternoon. We're like, okay, so we'll buckle in for a while. Cut to, I can feel my contractions an hour later, like just feel them happening, but they're not too bad. Another hour after that, they are painful. Like I am in tears. I'm like, where's the epidural? (laughs) So they get the epidural in. I feel good for about 20 minutes. And then even with the epidural, I start feeling the contractions again. Not as bad as it was before, but I'm still having to like hold my breath and grit my teeth when they come. And I'm like, crap, I'm going to have to deal with this for hours. Like, this is going to be rough. But turns out I was feeling it so much because he was coming very quickly. Oh, my. So they started the Pitocin at 5 a.m. This little boy was out by 926 that morning. Dang. I pushed three times and he was out. Like, the doctor almost didn't make it in time. Like, the the nurse came in like, she was going to help me uh, roll over because I was laying on one side and wanted to lay on the Mm. other. She's like, let's just check you away the whole good God. (laughs) (laughs) Here he comes. She's running. Get the doctor. (laughs) And she's like, uh, push question mark <laughs> she she was very confident but it was just one of she's like okay i was not expecting this and whammo there he was <laughs> so he was he was born that tuesday morning and it was just like oh wow he's here bye <laughs> so matt said the, the thing that stood out to him this time was right when he was about to come out he could actually see the baby's feet fluttering, like, in my stomach. <laughs> oh. And, like, my little tummy's going, do 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 And I'm like, glad I didn't see that. would be like an alien moment. I know. I'd be like, oh, my God, get it out. Ah! And he was, at, and so he was born at 926 a.m. He weighed 7 pounds, 15 ounces, so just under 8 pounds. So he was smaller than Daisy. But he was a, a quarter inch or a half inch longer than her. Okay. So he, we are tall babies. Yeah. He's Sweet a little snuggy boy. little guy. He has little chubby cheeks just like his sister and dark brown hair and beautiful blue eyes. And he's snuggly. He is snuggly. Yeah. He's been such a sweet boy and some moms somewhere are going to want to punch me in the face. And still keep in mind, you know, this is early with him, but I thought Daisy was an easy baby until we had him. <laughs> You're lucky. Yeah. I'm like, I was expecting him to be just a monster because, like, what are the odds? <laughs> but, yeah, like, he took a passy really early on, which has made soothing a yeah. lot easier. He eats really well. I had some issues the first two or three weeks with some really painful breastfeeding, hashtag nipple trauma, but that's resolved now. And so it's, yeah, other than that, he's been just... Very good baby. Oh, that was something else Sabrina caught when you were talking about bleeding. She uh-huh. was like, why would you bleed from there? Because uh, it just seemed like a good idea. <laughs> like, because uh, it's skin and all skin cracks and bleeds sometimes. Ow, 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 ow. And then she was, and she still too, sometimes says, mommy, 
do you regret not doing that? I'm like, well, honey, it never, I, I think. It wasn't an what option. I, well, what if I, well, I, I don't feel right. I remember talking to you about it later. Mm-hmm. I don't feel right explaining why because I had a breast reduction because I don't, I think she would be okay, but I still think she's too young to fully understand. Mm-hmm. But I said, honey, I have just, I said, I never had the ch- option mm-hmm. to breastfeed y- y'all. So I don't really know what I was missing out on. Mm-hmm. And she, of course she was like, okay, she's totally yeah. accepting. And there are positives and negatives. Like there are days when I'm like, it'd be great if I could just look at Matt and say, your turn to deal with this. Yep. But I also had the convenience of, I can just, oh, wherever I am, just pop them right on kind yeah. of thing. So, so there are, yeah, pros and cons. I yeah. will say that in order for me to get ready to come over here tonight, he bathed her and fed her and all that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to do anything mm-hmm. to get that ready. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's been a good, good process with him. Um, it was nice. Matt had a much longer paternity leave this time, which Woo-hoo! I think probably played a big hand into him feeling like a easy baby because, when he doesn't have to worry about getting up and going to work the next day, if I'm having a rough night and just need him to take him for a while, that was and let you really sleep helpful. or whatever. Yeah, because mostly it would be like you know, hey, he fed, but he's fussy, and I'm having trouble getting him to go back down, and I'm just you know burned out. You know, my part of the equation is accounted for. Like, can you take him and just get him to settle and stuff like that? So he was happy to do that, and and it was having him at home like it gets it gets lonely after a while when you're on leave without other adults around most days i apologize i have not been able to come bring you lunch very often but i plan to bring you some soon yeah i've been enjoying my days at home by myself the last couple weeks since matt went back to work but i'm sure you know it'll it'll come back around in a few weeks where it starts to be like okay this is the 50,000th day in a row that i've been at home and he's you know not wanting to, to nap today and he needs me to touch him the whole time and I ah! yeah so those no, days are rough it's been good and I can I can feel a little bit of my anxiety isn't the right word but just sitting at home staring at the same mess every day and mm-hmm. feeling like whatever you clean up one day it's immediately like undone by the next day just because that's how life works and so part of that is giving me a little bit of anxiety and making my eye twitch a little bit, but I keep trying to remind myself of you get done what you get done and it's okay. The house is not burning down. Meanwhile, I have almost like lost my shit and um, burned the house down to start over. (laughs) Start fresh. Start fresh. New year, new me. Or even just get the trash bag and just start like chunking stuff. And Mm -hmm. even though I probably want to keep it, And it's hard because, you know, again, when you spend that much time in your home, like, there's a certain amount of calm that I feel when things are cleaned up. Yes. Like, I'm never, like, a super obsessive cleaner. But when you're sitting there looking at it all day. And you can't do anything about it. And you can't do a whole lot about it, right? You have, like, little fits and spurts of time. You can do things. And also, there's, you know, those decisions of, I'm exhausted. Do I take this next half hour to an hour and get work done, or do I take a much-needed nap while now that he's finally sleeping? Yeah, when they're thing. really little like that, take a nap, ladies. Right. Take a nap. Yeah, and when, I've generally been doing that, so I've been trying to better prioritize napping this time around. And I was deathly sick over the holidays. But you had a lot of science stuff going on. And- well, it wasn't just that. Apparent, uh, some sort of, like, chest cold slash virus got passed around in my family. Mm-hmm. 
for me, yeah, three antibiotics and some steroids. Mm-hmm. But uh, so Christmas, I could hardly breathe. I could hardly like even see straight. I had a fever. Mm-hmm. Christmas Day is a blur. I survived it. All I remember is I just put on a happy face. We unwrapped gifts. Everything was just gravy. I put all those girls to bed. And then I don't I don't even remember if I changed my clothes. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I just remember being in bed and Mark saying, do you want me to turn off the light? Do you want me to turn on the sound machine? And I was just like, I don't care if you want to watch TV. Just don't touch me. Don't look at me. Don't breathe on me. Don't just leave me alone. I mean, it was just like from my the top of my head, like down to like my neck. It just throbbed. And plus, on top of all that, we've been having really crazy weather changes in North Carolina, which means the pressure is going up and down all the time. And when you have sinus issues, any better? So I think like what right before Christmas, it was like in the eighties. We had the air on, and then it like plunged like into actual winter temperatures, and Uh then it climbed back up again around New Year's. Super dry, and then super humid and, and it's just... super wet and i'm just and i've been dying and i was so i finally started to feel better and then this crap hit again and i'm just but every time it hits me i am down for the count people yeah things like things just slowly like you were saying slowly getting done but it was like i couldn't do a lot mm-hmm. and so my husband and i came to a head <laughs> And we had a revision of the whole um, mental load discussion again. Poor thing. I feel, like, I feel like about every six weeks, you guys have to have a check-in on the discussion. Just be like, I'm dying. Let's, let's get this sorted out. Yeah, well, it turned into like a volcano discussion. And he's really turned around, like Good. 180 with it. And, and that's not saying anything negative against no. him. It's just y'all have a ton going on. Yeah, well, he finally came to me and I knew something was kind of off, but I think he was having a little postpartum depression too. It does happen to dads. It does, yeah. And he said that he felt a little in the slump since mm-hmm. having Brianna. Not that he didn't love Brianna and happy that she was here. He was just feeling like... Not he, quite himself. Yeah, and then he wasn't like giving enough mm-hmm. so he worked more because he felt like he needed to give more and it was like i need more of here mm-hmm. yeah financially we need more time of you out there but like i need you here too so yeah. we've been slowly working it out it hasn't been easy and then you know when you're on s- sick on top of it and you feel like crap and then the girls have been sick each one of them mm-hmm. and brianna has enlarged adenoids i will say this with all the stuff that brianna has gone through and such she turned six months this Thursday. We're I can't recording believe the, she's six months already. Yeah, we're recording the last week of January, so it's this the Thursday, the thirtieth. You know, she you would like she had hernia. She has enlarged adenoids. She has milk protein intolerance. It's the happiest freaking baby ever. She's so cute. And all I have to say is thank you, Lord, because mm-hmm. as much as I love Aurora, she was. Not because of the reflux and the crying. And she took a passy. And I so hope that Riley stays as smooth as he has been Mm -hmm. as he starts fussing. He's starting to fuss. So, yeah. So, it's has stuff been continuing to get better since y'all had these conversations? Yes. And since I've started to feel better physically as well. Mm -hmm. Because I do a little more and... You have more patience when you're feeling well, and you can think through things more clearly. And just there, Yeah, I mean, have you ever had times where people ask you, or you think back to, like, 
pre-kid life. Mm-hmm. The only time I truly miss, this can sound insane, but the only time I truly miss pre-kid life is when I'm sick. And hear mm-hmm. me out, because I could sleep whenever I needed to. I could just lay in bed and be a vegetable and but, watch TV. But when you're mom, you're always on duty. Yes. Yep. Even when he's home and he's like, leave mommy, leave mommy alone. She doesn't feel good. She needs a nap. They're still coming in my room. Mama, she pinched me. She cooked me. She pulled my hair. Mama, are you going to be okay? Mama, can you, can you open this for me? Can you go get me some juice at night? Can hear Mark downstairs like, I'm in the kitchen. I could fix you juice. Come Mm -hmm. downstairs. So it's not necessarily his fault. It's just. They're on autopilot. They're on autopilot. I'm mama. That's the instant, like, you feed me, you take care of me. Speaking of, he is just not happy right now. He's he's sleepy, but he's fighting it, it looks like to yeah, me. Yeah, and he might be starting to get hungry again, too. So, that's what life's been like the last few weeks since we checked in. We're juggling, but we're making it. Aw, baby. Do we want to go ahead and sign out? Yeah, let's go ahead and sign out. Well, we will start getting back into normal recording, and... Probably for the foreseeable future, we'll still be doing episodes every other week. Yes. And, yeah, we will talk to you all soon. I'm Sarah Duncan. And I'm Pamela Walker-Dees. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. Our theme music is by Yov Aliagon. Be sure to check out the Motherhood on Tap page on Facebook. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcast. It really helps to get the word out about the show. You can subscribe and follow Motherhood on Tap on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and most other podcast apps. If you have questions or funny stories, you can email us at motherhoodontap at gmail.com. Partner with us on patreon.com for special bonus episodes and help keep this podcast and the two of us in business. Till next time. time.